1: Do you ever wonder what it would be like to be one of the last people on Earth? Who would you see? What would you do? Where would you go? Well, get ready to find out with today's Radical Retro Rewind podcast featuring 1984's Night of the Comet. The night the teenagers ruled the world. Joining me on the show again this week is my brother David as co-host. What did you think about last week's episode, David? Hearing yourself on a podcast? Did you play it for the family?
2: I really enjoyed myself. It was really fun reminiscing and I thought that we had a lot of good content, but I will say we didn't talk about the Misfits very much. Oh No, and I feel like there was a lot more to explore. And since then, I've been looking at some episodes on YouTube that Hasbro has been putting at little clips, I thought, "Wow, there's a lot of content we did miss." So I would definitely love to if everybody that was listening really enjoyed it and wanted to hear more. I definitely would revisit it. What do you think, guys? We'll do a revisiting of Gem, possibly. We didn't talk about that. They're actually much more violent than I thought they were. I saw now that there was some bombs planted to kill them. I think. Um, in their musical equipment
1: was bad enough,
2: so like terrorism, like terrorism, and a lot of other crazy stuff that. Um, we kind of touched upon but didn't really talk about. And some of the other characters really were really exciting and different and, again, more countenances. Also, I need to address the horrors
1: of my microphone in the pilot episode. We have been upgraded. Let me upgrade you. Let me upgrade you. There's a new mic. Hopefully, it doesn't sound like I'm screaming slash underwater. And hopefully, everyone <laughs> <laughs> can understand. So, new mic, everybody. New, new life with the show. And hopefully, Hopefully, uh, Mike Mike sounds good dun, 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 dun. So without further ado Let's jump into some retro News for the week <laughs>
2: the craft is coming out this month oh my goodness did you know this was even i a thing? did not know that i bind you nancy i bind you from causing harm against yourself and harm to others <laughs> i think we need to bind them before they release this movie because not it's only Charmed, is re- it's the charm remake all over again <laughs> i have a bad feeling
1: because it's coming out on amazon prime october 27th and there is not even a trailer yet this is not good i
2: mean i'm excited because it's right around halloween but i have to say it's probably going to be very, very low budget.
1: Right, don't you feel like this would have been played up a little more? The craft does have a cult following of its own. Not only 90s fans, but also witchcraft fans, Faruka Bolt, Return to Oz
2: fans. Wait, is her name Faruka Bolt? Are you thinking of Veruca Salt from, from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? <laughs> no,
1: okay, I just she combined- a very
2: She's a very different name that I cannot even probably pronounce, so I'm not even going to, but doesn't do a lot of movies or anything since the craft. She just picks and chooses what she likes.
1: I have to apologize to this actress for calling her basically... Farouk Salt from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate, <laughs> but we do love her from Return to Oz. Growing up, another movie that should probably not have been watched as young a children. Child? No,
2: watch out for the Wheelers. That's all I have to say. Dorothy, it's a and Wheeler.
1: We need to do a Wheeler episode, a Return to Oz episode, and by then I'll re- I'll learn the actress's real name. I know it's Farouk. Farouk. Okay, I'm not even going to attempt it anymore. No, don't please. Farouk Baltz? <laughs>
2: Couldn't you just Google this while we're on right now? I'm going to Google it. Oh my gosh. This mine, is not the yeah. comedy segment of the show, okay? I see the name. I see it. I just don't... Okay,
1: please forgive me, Faruka <laughs> Bulk. <laughs>
2: Uh, I don't know. And you know, there's going to be a bunch of people that are like diehard fans and they'll be like crucifying right now. Your effigy will be burned outside someplace. (laughs) They'll be calling the Four Corners to punish you for saying her name wrong.
1: Okay, I'm going to attempt it one more time. Ball. Okay. Okay. Nev Campbell, everybody. Nev Campbell. Yes, Nev Campbell for the win. The other thing that scares me about this project just wrapped production in February and it's coming out in October. That's a fair amount of months. It is a Blumhouse production and they've been on a roll lately with a lot of horror movies so that's might be the only good thing they might not want to you know ruin their image right now but so blumhouse october 27th amazon prime the 2020 reboot of the 1996 cult classic will be out then on amazon
2: well, it could be good. Honestly, it could be good because if you remember correctly, there wasn't a lot of like over the top magic. Like, so I don't think they're going to be using a lot of time to do CGI stuff and things like that or whatever. But
1: I feel like today's audience would want that over the top magic. They're not just going to stand for a woman floating air, light as light a as feather, a stick feathers, as stiff as a board. board. Stiff as a board. They're not, I don't think that's going to work in today's age. She has to be floating, possibly spinning, twerking at the same time. While
2: on fire. While while doing a a job of a barista. (laughs) Gotta give it up to the baristas.
1: In other retro news, David sent me this more retro package action figures are on
2: the way. This time, it's G.I. Joe. I actually just caught on YouTube that Hasbro has been um, streaming live cartoons. Actually, there was like 300 and something people, which isn't a lot per se, considering the, the best world that we live in, but there was about 300 and something people watching live sh- streaming of old G.I. Joe cartoons that Hasbro was putting out yesterday. So For a 30-year-old cartoon, I think that's probably pretty good, 300. Well, plus, nobody knew about it, really. They just just did it. It's time to bring back all those old toys and start making that money. Sell that stuff. Sell that stuff. Get that money. So old-school G.I.
1: Joe fans are going to get a treat with this new wave of G.I. Joe retro collection. And get this. Another Walmart-exclusive vehicle is coming out. Walmart with their exclusive. So Walmart's going to get the exclusive Fang vehicle and the figures cost 12.99
2: everybody and have a December 1st release date. I think, you know, we talked about and you kind of questioned, I don't want to say questioned, you're like, oh, it's another Walmart exclusive. You have to remember, there's no more KB Toy Stores. There's no more um, Toys R Us. There's no more F.E.O. Schwartz. There's really no more toy stores in the United States that I know of that are Toy Story Toy Stores. So... Isn't that funny? Because
1: Toys R Us
2: actually exists,
1: I believe, in Canada still. It's like we other countries still has Toys R Us, but you're right, we have
2: nothing in the U.S. Walmart, by far, honestly, eclipses... Most big box stores, even Target, has a very slim collection of toys compared to Walmart shelves. So I have to say Walmart has...
1: So Walmart is also releasing another Hasbro line of action figures, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. We spoke about this the last time with David, but these are the head-flipping versions that I know that I had when I was a kid. So they're the head-flipping mechanism where they have their original, let's say, Jason, Kimberly, Trini, Zack, they have their heads, but then you press their belts and their head would flip and they would morph. It's time! Now, they, they're the same action figures. They, they look the same. They're a little updated. I noticed that the characters look more like... They seem to make Billy a little better. But these are basically, again... Retro-packaged to the T I mean, it's the the same packaging I remember So I love
2: that they're doing this Don't let me tell you about the time that Power Ranger tried to flip for me I'll tell you that off the recording
1: There is actually, David has quite a few stories of working in California And interacting with quite a few celebrities And David Yost was one of them Say no more, say no We won't speak on it, but he was there,
2: let me just tell you All right, so David, are you ready to talk about today's movie? I am I actually freshly watched it maybe a week ago just to to really pump myself up. Not that I needed to because I knew this movie.
1: It really is one of these movies that stay with you but I always feel a good refresh before we do these is always great in the cards. Do you remember how lost this movie was, David, for a long time? You could not find this movie at all. See, I had seen this movie as a kid and then I became really big into zombies during junior high school and high school and I wanted to see it again so badly. But at that point it was this lost film and the only copies were on VHS tape. So David, do you remember when I bought the bootleg copy of Night of the Comet? Yes, uh, I do
2: remember that. <laughs> I actually have a bootleg copy as well myself. <laughs> Again, okay, only okay. way you could get it. So
1: the bootleg copy was advertised as having a secret bonus feature. Easter egg. And they said, find the Easter egg on this. So this was a VHS rip of the movie that someone put on a DVD. They made cover art. They made it look like one. It had a menu. And on the menu was this Easter egg. So... (laughs) I I remember discovering it actually with David at the time. The Easter egg is a clip of the actress from this movie. She's in her Samantha cheerleading outfit. She's in a gym. She's working out. A a dark, there's no lights on. She's on one of those arm machines. And now all of a sudden, you know, things were getting sexual. She was talking to the camera. She pulls out a bottle of lotion.
2: Vacillated intensive care, if I'm not mistaken.
1: She removes her top. Her ample bosom is, and she uses that <laughs> intensive care, moistens her breasts, and begins to doing <laughs> begins arm
2: workouts on the machine. She,
1: I don't know if she's supposed to be in character. <laughs> this I is think a,
2: that she was just needed to be moisturized, you know.
1: Well, I did find out. I've researched this last night like a madman to find out where was this what a stolen com-
2: thing from her home collection? Yeah, Because what else was I it like the first home- Kardashian sex
1: tape? She saved. She saved the cheerleader uniform clearly from the movie and it is from a movie called *Scream queen's hot tub party from 1991 honestly out of the force other women that were in the film with her she's this the really the name that i remember and i'm assuming it was basically just an excuse for these women to get undressed in their outfits from the movie but that is a little gem if anyone can find this this segment it was shocking at the time but it was it's hysterical at this moment so kelly i guess needed some money in 1991 god bless you kelly so let's dive into the movie david okay the beginning of this movie the voiceover sounds like an epcot ride and we're gonna <laughs> be, we're gonna be brought to space they're talking about the universe and there's a comet returning the last time that this comet returned was 65 million years ago and it wiped
2: out the dinosaurs well it doesn't really say it wiped out the dinosaurs it says it's a around the time that the dinosaurs disappeared.
1: We're led to assume that this was the comet. They call it The Visitor. I guess it's a nice welcoming name for this comet. Mm,
2: beautiful. It's uh, actually very poignant for the 2020 year.
1: Honestly, yes. This is the perfect time to re- reviewing this movie in the year of COVID because we get a lot of empty streets. The other visitor, people- COVID. So we begin with our first heroine who is Regina and she works at a movie
2: theater and she is seen... She's playing she's seen- Is that the game? that she's playing? She's playing Tempest. I've never played Tempest. That must be an Atari game. She works at a movie theater.
1: Her boss is trying to sell Comet merchandise to people, which I love. So at this time, the people know that the Comet is coming. They think it's going to be a great, fun thing. There's people doing block parties in the street. It almost looks like New Year's Eve. Everyone's out, ready for this Comet. There's Comet merchandise. People have signs. Funny part is, this movie takes place around Christmas, which is a nice little touch. But yes, Regina is playing her arcade game. And she is the worst employee ever. Oh my god! Isn't her the boss? he's asking her to do simple things her job basically
2: and she's like "No, oh, no 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 I have to play this video game because so years ago there was different rankings of video games on the actual at the end of the game where you could put your initials in yes. so she's basically one through whatever one to ten she's except for she's missing the rank of sixth place this is because instead of working she's playing this game this is how she's one yeah. to ten and then the boss kind of is complaining about another employee I think it's hysterical because he's Makes the reference, read uh, between the lines. He says, He's doing to me what he's been doing to her. What? <laughs> That's her boyfriend. So you can you can imagine what he's doing to her that he's doing to him.
1: Yeah, but what is he doing to the boss? This man is an older he's,
2: man. I didn't get that either. Oh, you're so innocent. He's, he's screwing? He's screwing the girl, but he's he's doing the same thing to me. He's screwing him over by not doing his job either. He's doing oh, the same thing I to her as he's doing to me. That's what he's saying.
1: I it as a sexual thing too. I'm like, what is he doing <laughs> to him? But he doesn't seem to be adverse to it. He's just saying, oh, he's doing the same thing to you that he's doing to me. He tells her to basically do her job. And, she's and like, don't hold go- on,
2: hold on. Like, I have to get really? this.
1: Really? Hold on, hold on, hold on. She puts her name in. Well, she attempts to put her name in and she sees that it's been taken by another player, the sixth spot. Which is
2: DMK.
1: Which will be brought up later again. Yes. And the last part that I love that just proves what a great employee she is. She grabs a giant bag of popcorn from the, from the owner as she's going to do her job. She takes the bag, starts eating it.
2: He's like, can you go walk the theater? And she's like... That they throw milk duds nope. at me or something and he's like you have to do your job basically so she, then she grabs the popcorn which is hysterical like she said, she's eating a bag of popcorn through a movie theater that she's supposed to be working. I wish I had a job like that.
1: I, I think I feel like the boss probably they probably have this quote unquote goes back and forth it doesn't matter we never see the boss again if, after this. I felt like maybe she got away with it because she was younger she's a teenager and they have this kind of playful thing. Okay so we have another subplot where her sister Samantha is is at home with their stepmother and on the news to back this whole comet thing that's going on which I never noticed going I never noticed in the past but the news anchor says that reporter that the comet already came in New Finland and all communication in that part of the world has ceased at this point so they have no idea what's happening the comet has already passed there they're waiting for the comet and we get this little foreshadowing that communication is down in the parts of the world so Samantha she's with her, their stepmother named Doris Doris Dor- A little New York accent. So Doris is their stepmother, and she's basically sleeping with the neighbor or flirting with their neighbor while their father, who is in the special forces, is in banana land, as Doris calls it. It just shows how many dated things are in this movie at this point. David has a few points that he found as well, but there's a lot of dated references. So their father's away in the special forces. The the stepmother's there. She does not want to be with these
2: kids. She could care less. Doris, she's just worried that if something happens to the kids that she's going to get the reap the ramifications from the father when he does come back from his mission or wherever he is. She even says it. I could care less, but your father will be mad. You know, when, That's right.
1: So basically, she wouldn't care what they're trying to do at all because— She's got Chuck. She's got Chuck the neighbor. And a matter of fact, when Samantha brings it up, uh, I love this quote. Okay, so she says that Doris was born with an asshole. <laughs> She doesn't need Chuck, which makes Doris slap Samantha so hard that she slaps her back. But then Doris grabs her shirt and punches her so hard that Samantha flips over the couch and ends up next to the TV. It happens. It happens. uh, So we should mention that Samantha is home alone because Regina is at work, but she is staying with that that co-worker who does the thing to the boss.
2: Larry. She's staying with Larry. She's
1: staying with Larry overnight in the theater. Theater because he's attempting to sell a movie that's out of print to somebody, or ha- someone's borrowing it, and he's going to get a hundred dollars. I think that or-
2: yeah, the guy's picking it up, or he's bringing it back, but he's supposed to get paid for the movie. And then Regina, he tells Regina that if she stays the night, he'll give her fifteen bucks to stay with him in the projection room. And she makes reference to like, "You're going to pay me fifteen dollars." What do you think that makes me? And he's, she's basically you know like tongue in cheek. She accepts
1: she said, the fifteen. She 15, takes the fifteen. People. Yeah,
2: fifteen dollars. I'm convinced.
1: You know, in 1984, $15. She could get a f- quite a few things.
2: I could just buy uh, a venti iced coffee at Starbucks for that these days. But back in, what was it, 1980? 1980...
1: 1984 that the movie came out. So, okay. so yeah, so she stays the night. And I love that not only is she eating that popcorn from last night when she wakes up. That would do that. She wants the egg. <laughs> she says, I don't even get an egg McMuffin. So I know, I 15%. love it. <laughs> Gets $15. And she wants that Egg McMuffin in the morning, hey? I love a girl that
2: eats. Yeah, she... Well, so, wait a minute. The guy never calls Larry and returns the film, so he's like, you're basically... I'm out of money, and now you're going to be out of the 15 bucks." And then she's like, well, I don't at least get an Egg McMuffin, you know, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm not going to get the $15. And so, real fancy.
1: So... That actually leads me, I totally skipped the whole part of this movie where the comet is involved. <laughs> so that's the whole point of this movie, people. So in between, okay. So Doris slaps Samantha. Samantha ends up staying the night in their shed. So mm-hmm. that's very important part. So Samantha's overnight in the shed. She's not partaking in the comet party block party that's happening outside in their neighborhood.
2: And Regina is staying in the projection room, which is um, a con- It's it's a it's a a structure to maintain fire codes. So if, if in theaters, in case there's a fire, there's chemicals with all the film and stuff to protect it, and protect the people it's it's definitely there's some sort of a metal encasing around that particular room it's like a fired room
1: also sets up why these two sisters survive the night of the comet the comet comes everybody there's a woman she spins around and she's in a gasp i don't know just random woman in the crowd you see thunder and then the sky goes neon blue and pink and flashes <laughs> this is the comet's arrival this is special effects I personally love it so when this happens everyone who's outside who's not protected and I'm assuming everyone was outside evidently watching the comic
2: well it's also uh, can I just throw something in here when I watched it again it reminded me of when Independence Day when everyone was on the rooftop saying to the aliens they were like, shape, like waving signs and take me to your leader and all this stuff and they got vaporized by the aliens that just blew them up it's just very much reminiscent of that to me I just I wanted to throw throw it in there because that's the first thing I thought it was like they're outside you know Independence Day might have been homaging this movie David what happens to the people when they see the comet so basically the comet comes as weird flashes of light Doris makes like a weird face and then they fade away into I guess when um wakes Regina wakes up with with you know Larry in the theater but so what ends up happening is anybody that's exposed to the comet directly kind of gets vaporized they get like they're they dry up and they disappear like they turn into dust so they Vaporized. You know the what this reminded
1: me of—the Batman '60s movie where the where all the villains turned everyone into like powder. Didn't they do that in a movie? And they it wasn't the Joker. A, and the penguin, it was the Joker
2: and the they, Penguin, and they the reconstituted the them with water, right? So they would come and get the Batman, like it sneak them into wherever, and then they would throw water, like drops of water or something. And they would reconstitute the bad guys to fight. So this doesn't happen when you
1: <laughs> they don't come back. They turn to, like, a, a rust-colored dust, which, in research, we found out was actually ground-up brick dust to give this effect of, you know, what the color of humans would turn into if they <laughs> were evaporized by a neon comet. Oh, right. The people turn to dust, and the other people that don't turn to dust turn into
2: zombies. Quote-unquote zombies. So they're basically people that were semi-exposed, I guess not fully exposed to the comet They and the process, process, process of degenerating so as they vaporize or they turn into this powder they're they're turning into like creatures or they're you know losing all of their humanity so to speak almost like becoming night of the living dead dawn of the dead
1: well clearly i think they wanted to definitely do like a dawn of the dead especially with this what they end up at the mall later but we'll get to that so yes there are we'll call them zombies. So Regina wakes up. She asks for the Egg McMuffin. The guy Larry that she was with last night he's waiting for this guy. In the meantime she doesn't see but he gets attacked by a zombie. So he's go- Larry's gone. Samantha plays her video game again. Walks around the movie theater. I think she eats some Twizzlers. Yep. <laughs> she gets locked out of the movie theater. Again we see some more Christmas. It's Christmas. We're reminded it says Merry Christmas on the theater of the windows. She sees people's bodies outside. She does doesn't realize their bodies. She just sees clothes With, on them. like the... powder
2: everywhere and she's like complaining when like, people left their clothes everywhere like mm, what happened last
1: night? So that's it. That is cool. You, we do get that, that montage of the classic end of the world movie where there's empty streets there's empty buildings. Oh by the way people the color of the sky now is remains a reddish pink hue for the remainder of the movie. I guess that's the radiation of the comet basically? Well the dust on or... the people. Oh it's like the smog in LA. Don't they actually joke about that I think she, Regina actually says it's smog
2: or we used to call it the um, the um marine layer they call it the marine layer like when the, the supposedly it's like the humidity or moisture it's not it's pollution
1: our world is in peril people this leads to the first action sequence with Regina who has been trained in defense by their father so she's attacked by a zombie in the alley
2: who killed um, Larry with a wrench and is eating him currently and then eating
1: him in the form of it looks like they just went to the store and got like a thing of ribs he's like holding up what it looks like a rack of ribs still on the bone. I want my baby
2: back baby back and the
1: zombies be. talk in this movie too. He's like, come here. And she says, <laughs> she says something like, no. <laughs> uh, Not says, no but-
2: I don't know what exactly she says. She's like very 80s, like, you know.
1: Okay, so Larry drives a motorcycle evidently or are we have to believe that that, no, that is, that's Larry's motorcycle. That's Larry's motor. motorcycle. So she has the keys because when he was leaving to go find this guy with the film, the zombie killed him. So his keys dropped. So she picks up, but when she's about to fight this guy, she throws the keys back to the motorcycle and she's just running. She really, she fights him with everything. This brings me to a
2: David quote, which is, everything
1: is a weapon. Yes,
2: yes, everything is a weapon. I believe that. I humbly believe that. I've told you this in the beginning. You know, when people get locked into a bathroom in a horror movie, pick up the top of the toilet seat, the toilet lid. It is heavy. It's ceramic. You can beat somebody to death with that, literally. And I am saying this from a perspective of someone who has been in some situations where, Were questionable where I could have been in danger or I have been shot at before. Um, You definitely, everything is a weapon. You have to protect yourself. You know, when people in horror movies in general, they run up the stairs and this and that. And they're like, oh, no, pick up something. Pick up a nightstand and throw it at the guy. Whatever you, you're strong enough to do that. Like anyway, so yes, everything is a weapon.
1: Freddy Krueger, you didn't think I had my nightstand next to me? Yeah,
2: exactly. Throw it, dude. Pick up something, a TV, anything. Like you're,
1: I'm throwing my glass of water on well. my nightstand at you. <laughs> no but truly and actually I feel like I want to make this a going I want to make this a running theme <laughs> when we review movies David everything is a weapon I think that's what, what we should come up with what in this movie could have been used as a weapon but look for that in future people I think that might be a nice little fun
2: well thing. I will say Regina was when he picked her up and threw her in the trash she happened to just come upon a piece of a 2 by 4 and she beat him with that before she got back on yeah the so large.
1: he studied the David martial arts program of everything is <laughs> a weapon because you know my... she Craft. She, she had plastic around her, but she found the
2: 2 by 4 I ha- got my black belt and bar stooling. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, That's you true. have to protect yourself. Listen, we I, being from New York originally, you you know you just everything you just have to know your surroundings. Sorry, just just do.
1: No, it's true. Okay, so Regina, the badass that she is, she knows how to drive a motorcycle as well. She drives home, and Samantha, thankfully, her sister is alive because, like we mentioned earlier, she did sleep in the shed. <laughs> So I know this leads to one of David's favorite quotes. He's been, I think, quoting this since the 80s, I feel like, right? (laughs) Um, So they go outside. There's food. There's a table with food. That's the remnants of the party from last night. And again, these clothes are spewing about the streets with the red dust. Mm -hmm. And they're looking for all the people. And at this point, Regina, being the smart lead that she is, knows that everyone's dead. And she's trying to convince Sam that everyone is gone because it is Saturday morning. It is. (laughs) The quotes I feel like that people remember
2: from this movie. So Regina comes into the house. She's trying to convince Sam. Sam is like, oh, nobody's answering the phone for cheerleading practice and blah, blah, blah. And she's eating Rice Krispies or some kind of cereal. She's just trying to get herself together and, you know, planning her day. Oh, I wonder where Doris is. She must be with Chuck right now. And so Regina says the famous line, where are the kids? It's Saturday morning. Where are the goddamn kids? I mean, that really does sum it up, if anything. It's true. You're
1: outside. It's California. I'm assuming that that neighborhood is usually packed on a Saturday morning.
2: Even someone walking. And then she goes up to the clothing and she goes, here's Doris. And she picks up the clothing and she's like, and here's Chuck. And she turns over his shoe and the dust is coming out, basically. And then Sam just goes back into the house and shuts the door.
1: Yeah. She just goes in the door and then she's like, you're lying. Why are you doing this to me? (laughs) Samantha is the younger sister. I don't know if that means anything, but we're just putting it out there. So for, for the future, Sam is Regina's younger sister and Regina definitely takes that older sibling lead in this movie thankfully so
2: yeah I mean and honestly then it cuts to where they are they hear the radio station station and a DJ is playing so the natural instinct is to decide to go to the radio station I wouldn't do that but
1: because it makes it sound like the guy okay so the DJ is talking about being indoors on a beautiful Saturday morning so they're like oh these people are alive they do like David said they decide to go the radio station and the radio station i'm assuming even in the 80s radio stations did not look like they this.
2: don't look like that they're slummy and like you don't have like this beautiful like setup where and you don't just walk into a radio station and like <laughs> this beautiful neon and, and like a seating area and then like, there's the dj booth right there so somebody can go in and just attack a, a, a dj no. it's basically
1: a neon 80s lounge there's yeah. multiple lounging areas and like david said the dj booth is is just in the center of this, this room and there's lounge chairs continuously. There's neon everywhere and then they find that damn, the DJ is not there. It's been a pre-recorded tape this whole time.
2: Then we cue in our next character.
1: Mr. Hector.
2: So Hector, a gun.
1: Hector's with a gun. Like David mentioned, we see him in this panning shot so we know he's there watching the girls. I'm assuming he had the same idea. They both, they must have both heard the, the DJ saying that he's alive and they both decided to go to this this club. I'm calling it a club. It's not even, it's not a radio station. It's it looks a club. like a
2: club. It does. And so he tells them, go into the light, come into the light. And she's like, what do you want to look at us? Like, like thinking it's yeah. some kind of a sexual Regina, thing. Regina thinks that Regina actually
1: says, you know, let my sister go and take me. We can work out some deal. $15?
2: Yeah, exactly. $15. She's convinced.
1: She just wants to save her, but he just wants to, like David's saying,
2: check her eyes, basically, because one of the tail tale signs of these zombie people is they start with a black ring under their eyes like sunken eyes I guess where they're being dehydrated it's like you oh
1: know. yes they're being dehydrated
2: or the real housewives of Beverly Hills before plastic surgery and fillers but or just the two of us because we both don't sleep ever so
1: we both have a lot of dark circles but we still don't look like zombies thank god
2: you know Bravo's gonna have a shutdown now for saying that I love the real housewives don't hate
1: Hector is our third character and it turns out he did survive because he is a pickup truck driver and he spent the night in the back of his truck last night during the common. with
2: a girl that he picked up on the street
1: okay so don't you find that regina is already a little too like she's pissed that this one had a woman last night she just literally met him i noticed this right away he mentions like oh you know i i where were you last night first off she's like where were you last night he's like oh i spent the night in my my truck with a like a lady i picked up or something oh uh, like she's so offended that
2: he she is a bitch what could I say? <laughs> a lovable bitch. I
1: have. To I know. I love her. I absolutely
2: love her because she's so smart. She, after talking with them all, deduces that because they were in steel, that they were saved from the comet. The sister was in a shed. She was in a steel, the steel containment box for the for the theater, and he was in, in the back of the bed of his truck. So she deduces that steel protected them, shielded them from whatever the radiation or whatever from the comet. Which I think really smart.
1: I was going to say that is that's truly really a smart thing to come up with and I guess this does set it up earlier because she's talking about Larry the guy she slept with and they're talking about uh, Superman being able to see through steel or lead and she knew the right answer I think he can see through lead? lead so I'm assuming we're setting up that Regina knows everything
2: she's the smartest of the characters she I think both women are very outspoken although Samantha kind of plays up more of a dumb they try to make her because she's the younger one so she's a little bit simpler and a blonde, and, yeah. she's blonde and she's the blonde and she's the blonde but I I gotta be honest with you, both women, you'll find out later on know how to use an Uzi, Yeah. Which by the way, I remembered when I was a kid, I had an Uzi and I was emulating a fake Uzi and I had the I, I loved it. I remember that. And that's because Night of the Comet, because can I we,
1: had can we also just say what a what a difference nowadays when you can actually say, I had a toy Uzi <laughs> back in the day
2: yeah it was pretty cool and it wasn't cool.
1: neon orange I could tell you that no, with a it, on it I'm sure
2: no it was like looked like a real Uzi but like every 80s movie had Uzis I don't know why that Right. Was like the thing like I think the terrorist in Back to the Future with the doc when he was then the terrorist come out of like a Volkswagen van yes, with, with Uzis everyone had Uzis it
1: um, must have been the thing. like a, a, a you know 80s drug cartels I'm assuming they had Uzis so.
2: <laughs> yeah exactly so Hector does want to find out if Regina's with Larry because I know he wants to get some. Yes, this
1: is in the span of literally five minutes.
2: Yeah, she says she's not going steady with him. Clearly, Larry is dead, first of all. I don't know why... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then she says the part of the thing what what's let's date this date dated racism oh <laughs> he says does she another. need a gun hector says do you need a gun need a gun and she says basically that might be good for a night out in the barrio but she's not she doesn't need that kind of a gun because it's not big enough for her she's a you, she's a size queen when it comes to guns
1: if you couldn't tell by the name hector is the latin character of this
2: movie which is i'm glad they had the the lead the lead male is is latin so really funny thing which i kind of was looking at i am looking through my notes again my my talking dead notes I have to find it. You have to excuse me because... And Regina and Hector are looking around the equipment in the radio station, and the reference is made, Beam Me Up Scotty. So she says Beam Me Up Scotty because they think this is so state-of-the-art that there's nobody there, but people think, because it's recordings with reels that people would think that there's someone's actually working on a Saturday. So she goes, Beam Me Up Scotty. So I wanted to reference this because Hector, Robert Beltram, ends up becoming Commander Chakotay on the 90s television series Star Voyager. So I think it was funny that they say, beam me up Scotty, saying thinking that this is so state-of-the-art, this DJ equipment, and he happens to be there, Robert Beltram, who's Commander Chakotay.
1: That is a great point to even bring up. I love that. And as we know by last week's episode, Synergy was where it's at. This is not even advanced, even for the 80s at this point. No. They're still working with real Synergy is projecting things.
2: And using well, a satellite. That... Mm, satellite.
1: Alright, so there is two nightmare dream sequences in the radio station at night. Yes. Basically one after another. So there's not too many zombies in this movie. It's more of um. It's more of uh, we're the end of the world There's only a few people left Kind of movies And they did throw zombies And I feel to give it A little extra mm-hmm. Two of th- more zombies Come in this dream sequence Where Samantha is She ev- She at one point She has this mis- Misunderstanding With the sister I think it's over Hector Maybe Cause she's She's, she's like crazy. you like him Don't you She's hearing them Flirting all night And she you know, There's a sequence of her On the couch And she's huddled And she's just listening To them laughing Talking about giving Each other Texas And Las Vegas all state that they're going to own now and then all of a sudden I'm assuming she falls asleep and then we're to believe that she's we think I'm assuming that she leaves the radio station she's driving a car drinking a beer
2: she's dreaming that she's driving a car while drinking a beer and then she's getting pulled over by the police and she's saying well she's getting herself ready to like try to flirt with the police officers to she does not have any lotion Nor her
1: workout equipment.
2: But she's still going to try to flirt with the police officer to get out of the ticket. So the
1: police officers turn out to be zombies.
2: Which are pulling at her and tearing at her. And then she wakes up.
1: And we think, oh, that's the end of the dream sequences. No, she goes to the largest bathroom With the smallest sink. With the smallest sink. To take off her clothes
2: down to her bra and underwear to wash up in a public restroom. I mean, it is the end of the world, so I guess she doesn't really care about cooties at this point. She's not worried about COVID. She's just going to take off all of her clothes and wash up in the bathroom.
1: She's doing what they would call a cat bath at the sink. She's going to wash herself in her underwear. But surprise! Another dream sequence!
2: The cop that the cop almost got the her in the, cuts her throat, picks her up, she puts her head down to splash some water on her face, and then she comes back up and he slits, sl- slices her throat and pulls her. Ooh. She wakes up and she finally realizes that, in fact, it was a dream within a dream, and now she is actually awake. And Regina, Are we
1: actually awake, though? I was ready yes. for the third scare sequence.
2: I know. Regina's comforting her and Hector's like, oh, okay. She's crazy. Yes,
1: at this point, we know who Hector prefers. We know it all. We know that Samantha's going to be that side character. She's pushed to the side. Hector only has eyes for Regina that he met 10 hours ago. 10, probably well, five. Are, are, that's true. To further the plot along, Hector wants to see if his family is dead or not. Mm-hmm. So he is going to separate for a little while. Regina says, don't go, don't go. He wants that already. So he she, has to
2: go to his family in San Diego. So I'm they're, assuming they're in LA. I mean, they got to yeah. be somewhere in LA. But LA is so, I mean, when you say LA, it's like, huh. You say, that you're in the outskirts or whatever the expansion
1: i'm sorry we forgot a whole a whole other subplot that happens before he leaves samantha is playing with the dj equipment and she ends up going live and therefore scientists that had the knowledge that the comet was coming are listening to her from their underground
2: bunker and she basically says that they t- they told me that they're they're yeah, survived well, or i don't know it's very like
1: it's like a voice she's doing a voiceover it's t- very ominous happening.
2: yes very very ominous sounding she's like some of them knew that this was going to happen or some, I don't know I don't remember exactly the wording but it's very ominous it actually does work for me personally I like the way
1: so we already have this ambience of darkness and then when she does do this voiceover she's very hectic saying oh my god there's people and they're yes like David said they knew it was coming and she's very frantic that there's so other why don't they out.
2: just call back she loses the call they can't just call the hotline again well at the this phone point it's still working not, the phone is, not, is still working everything's still working which we know from
1: the day the world ends, these TV shows that within 48 hours...
2: The power the supply. Power. Would, yeah, the, you'd be in trouble if you were near a power plant, because it would explode, and you'd be, it, like yeah, radiated. Really.
1: So, at least we got the neon lights still. So, Hector goes to find if his family is alive. Again, we're reminded that it's Christmas time, there's Christmas trees, and also he believes his mother is playing a record that she might be alive, and we see a little Feliz Navidad record next to the record player. Unfortunately, it is just the record playing by itself, and we're led to believe his family was also vaporized into red dust. This also is another zombie scene. We get child zombie.
2: Somebody's like knocking on the front door like scratching and banging the door. He decides to open it.
1: Yeah, no. Well, he does say first something like, we don't want it. Or something like, no, we're not interested or something. But he literally opens the door, sees that it's a zombie. Doesn't lock the door. The whole time he's running through the house, every time he shuts the door, I'm saying, lock the door, Hector. The zombie kid just opens the door. He does run to the bathroom at the end to escape. He could have grabbed that toilet lid, but he didn't. The
2: tank lid. I think maybe because it was a kid and he was freaked out. Like, I think he felt bad. I think in a way. He does say that, right? He does say, you're lucky I like kids. Something like that. But the kid is running after him. He, well, let's preface that he did manage to get a, a bunch of pictures and some of tchotchkes and stuff. Room. Yeah. His
1: sister and his mother, he takes a picture of the two of so, them. So,
2: and then he runs out the house and then runs up the street when his truck is across the street. I don't understand. You would have gotten back in your, your 16-wheeler or whatever, wouldn't you? have? Like I'm assuming that that kid was, I guess, going to be fast on his
1: tail so he was just running. But yeah, it, unless he ran out of gas Oh, maybe. But he pulled out of the it's, house. I don't get that either. But he ends up good. with a, he ends up with like an older 50s car later Beautiful on. Beautiful classic
2: car. Love it.
1: So we cut back to some Sam and Regina. And they are they are practicing shooting at cars in the street. And this is where the Uzi line comes from that David was talking about earlier. Because I thought they looked like Uzis to me. The only knowledge I have of guns is probably from Tomb Raider and Resident Evil. And it did look like an Uzi because it has that I ammunition. Mean, thing hanging yeah. out I always thought those were Uzis but they're not evidently because she says that daddy would have bought them Uzis
2: mm, true, because
1: true. she has to like manually re- I don't know reload it looks like she like
2: cocks the gun or whatever the, the gun,
1: right and then she does admit that she is bummed because she thought that Regina and Hector made it last night <laughs> And then she does say that Regina took every man that she was ever interested in. And I love that
2: Regina just goes,
1: <laughs> and it's over. And she, laughs. she laughs over that. And then, and, then <laughs> laugh and they're over with that. She's just like, well, <laughs> I mean,
2: well, maybe they're thinking this is the last thing we should be worried about. The world is coming to it. The world is right. over. I'm assuming, right. to be but it is funny. It's just it's funny how the movie is trying to portray teenagers and how they would react to things, which I don't think these are your average teenagers. Yes. No. Samantha. Exactly cheerleading right. and wanting to talk to her friends and stuff like that yeah but your average teenager does not know how to use an uzi or combat because their father is in the military no. or special forces like they or ride a motorcycle not, either. yeah that's not your average teenager that i know but maybe i'm wrong maybe i thought the 80s was be more kinder and gentler <laughs> yeah. my little pony oh another
1: thing we need to talk about my
2: little pony escape from
1: midnight castle mm-hmm. the pilot episode slash movie yes they are not typical Teenagers, thankfully. Even the sibling issues that they try to bring up with the men, it's not an issue. They're they're sisters, they're fine. It, I like that it's not that angsty thing, the whole movie. Yes, like you said, Samantha is a teenager/slash cheerleader. And in the beginning, she was a little like you said, she just closed the door and, like, no, stop, don't tell me this. But they're handling things a lot better than I would, I'm assuming. Especially at that age. We go back to the underground bunker and we see that the scientists are losing their memories from the comet exposure and then two young children have arrived from helicopters so these are two more survivors. So they're gathering survivors. The lead scientist, I like to call her Yancy Butler Ripoff. Now I know that those <laughs> of you probably don't even know who Yancey Butler is. She's an, a 90s actress. She was in Witchblade and a few other TV shows and right now it could probably be seen in sci- Movie theaters, but she's has a very deep voice, Raspby, and deep raspy, deep voice. And she has brown hair, and she just has this look of like a biker chick. And this scientist actress
2: r- gives me that whole Mary Warona. Yes, Warona. yes,
1: and she was in a few
2: other she, movies. She's actually like some kind of a protege of like Andy Warhol or something like that. Really? She played, yeah, I I, I I know she she played the the character in the movies Audrey White. So she's the scientist is Audrey White. So I actually looked her up because I thought it was pretty interesting. You might get a kick out of this. She did some voice work in Looney Tunes back in action in 2003. Really? Yeah, so I just thought this was interesting. I saw that. And then her quote is, It's great that fans think I'm sexy, but I'm not a traditional sex symbol by any means. I don't have big boobs, an hourglass figure, and bubbly blonde hair. In fact, I hardly have any boobs at all. That is her (laughs) quote. (laughs)
1: You know what? Because... The same thing with Yancey Butler, which I could do a whole show again about Yancey Butler people, but they have that same thing. I could totally see it. They're not
2: quote unquote sexy on- I think of- it's the raspy voice. It's kind of the mixture of like, they, they come off a little bit of like a masculine energy, but like at the same time, very confident. Confidence is very sexy too. Yeah. As some men find confidence very off-putting because they, you know, damages their fragile ego, but some men really like a really good confident woman and they come off, you know, in general speaking. I guess and almost like a nonchalant like I don't care either and I think men are tra- yeah. a lot of men are attracted to play matter
1: of fact the scientist character I feel like this is the only
2: time this ca- this woman isn't playing a villain as well because she is 100% she well here's the funny part so you're talking about characters so there's, an, there's another Dr. Carter is played by Jeffrey Lewis Jeffrey Lewis always plays villains if anybody doesn't know Jeffrey Lewis you might remember him I think he was in Salem's Lot he got turned into the original Salem's Lot and he was in Devil's Rejects too Sure. Yeah
1: because he he has one of those faces that could age into a devil's reject because it's kind of rough to begin with yeah but they always
2: do that like with characters that have like if they, if they have like pot marks or complexion issues they always get yeah. char- cast as the backup because apparently you only you, only bad people have complexion issues or blemishes I don't know if that's not yeah that's horrible that. know,
1: it's the same thing when they only make people that are bald villains too but it's like that cliche that oh I'm bald I am a super villain I'm
2: I'm sorry we talked about Audrey white and we talked about the uh dr Carter there's another doctor I don't remember what he was who he was he was a psychologists right and there's also those
1: two the annoying... stooges
2: the stooges so
1: those women that are oh god they're, they're scientists ladies that they're female
2: just... medical staffers minder and davenport i had to look that up
1: is that their names
2: That must minder? be their last name minder and davenport it must be their last names like of
1: course say. the davenport they would have to make that as a, a name in a scientific military bunker getting back
2: to it you 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 pan over to this military installation you introduce some of these characters they have two kids that they brought in from that survivors and what's happening with those four kids.
1: So the scientists are basically taking these people and quote unquote
2: rescuing them,
1: but they are making them brain dead harvesting and then their blood, harvesting their blood as a way of saving Zero. themselves by... So,
2: so basically they're taking survivors, putting them in a comatose, making them brain dead basically... And creating a serum or trying to create a serum from their blood because it's not affected by the comet. So they're basically taking all survivors that they get and harvesting them for blood basically essentially killing them
1: so it's basically it's that famous plot of the sanctuary that you seek is really not a sanctuary it's Arcania, terminus terminus they're gonna each you. you know it's that same same cliche thing that the heroes in this part the military are
2: not really trying to save you they're trying to do it yourself it's been done well, a million. they times. want to save themselves so basically you find out that i mean i'm jumping ahead but you find out that as smart as these scientists were they forgot to close the ventilation dust so some of the comet residue <laughs> do or whatever came into this secured facility and affected them but they're only how
1: smart are these people this is a group of scientists
2: well that's what's funny because that's what audrey white in the movie says she basically says how smart are they they left the ducts open the air ducts open so this dr carter has no problem sacrificing anybody because he wants to stay alive this is not for science this is because he wants to save his own body and then you have audrey who accepts their seems to accept their fate and she doesn't want want to take in any survivors she doesn't want to harm anybody and then when she sees it is children it really yeah
1: it affects her a lot so then cut to the ladies back again and regina is trying to basically cheer up samantha and she realizes that they can go shopping anywhere
2: look why don't we get a little creative what (laughs) do you have your uh give your mastercard on you no good because you don't need it the stars are open so they go
1: to the mall much like dawn of the dead and also for any other 80s cult fans out there kelly also starred in chopping mall another favorite and matter of fact the scientist that we're talking about audrey starred in that in the beginning as well um she plays like this wisecracking person commenting on the security robots in chopping mall so kelly is totally typecast as valley girl that goes to malls in two 80s movies at least so this leads me to ask you david if you could go shopping anywhere in any place end of the world where would you go and what would you buy
2: it really depends on the premise of the end of the world if it was the zombie thing i would definitely have to go to a sporting goods store or gun store to get weapons first that would be my first priority to protect myself and any survivors that are with me so weapons first gun store first but the fun stuff i i I love, I love me some Macy's, although as of recently, I haven't been able to fit into all the stuff that I want. Got that Pandemic 30.
1: Who can fit in Macy's up. thing? It's for everything there is for... It's modern cut, damn it. It's
2: modern cut. I'm a dad. I have a dad bod, but I, w- I definitely love Macy's. At the same time, I hate the mall to begin with. In fact, the demise of malls only bothers me because of the fact that I like to look at things before I buy them as opposed to buying them online and the fact that people are losing their jobs. Other than that, I don't like the fact that people walk around mindlessly and stare at stuff and they, they get in your way when you know you want to get something, you know, and they're like, oh, ooh, it's the pretzel factory. Let me go get some. They're like mesmerized. They're mesmerized. They dazzle. I don't realize that it's also a tomb, you know, uh, to point to coin a, a phrase. Yeah, I would say Macy's. I'd get me some good cologne because you know all that running around you're going to smell. Oh, so you cologne. might as well you don't have time and you don't have time to shower. So I'd buy i buy me some of my best colognes that I can get just break But, the they're,
1: but they're lucky in this movie because there's still lights on and power and things. So too. So you could have a lot of shopping experience. If you're if we're talking in this world, end of the world if we were stuck in this end of the world movie, the zombies aren't too bad. They're not prevalent.
2: Really- they're not prevalent. No. They're not there's not hordes of them. That's the thing. But there's I would still be scared them. as hell to go into a dark place when knowing that these people slash zombies and the nature of them they become very violent and then they become like cannibalistic so like they're not just walking around going oh god I'm so sick I have a headache and they're just like falling over they're like become violent and enraged before they meet their demise
1: but it almost seems like they would just have to wait maybe a few more weeks because the scientists who were exposed were clearly dying or losing everything and becoming into the mindless thing so I feel like if they did wait long enough they probably would have their world to themselves. So yeah, speaking of going to the mall, they go to the mall and they play a cover of Cyndi Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun.
2: Because <laughs> they couldn't get the real song.
1: They couldn't get the real song because Cyndi Lauper already gave a song to the Goonies and she didn't want to be known as giving all her mo- songs to the movies. Now she'll do commercials about her skin on TV. But at the time, they had to use a cover of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Things change. Things change, money change talks. We get the cover, which is fine, and they do this great, of course, shopping montage. They're trying on the clothes. They do bring the guns, which is smart, of course, but they put them down. And we see that the Morlocks, or someone like this, (laughs) like Morlocks from the X-Men cartoon, are watching them over the
2: security cameras in the mall. These are Comet people. The Comet people, yes, they're Comet. Uh, Not to be confused with Lobster people that go to Red Lobster.
1: Lobster Fest (laughs) is right around the corner. <laughs> just before we get into the whole action sequence with the zombie people in the mall they're discussing Hector because again, this is the only man that is alive at this to them at the moment. And Samantha wants to give it a little to Regina. So she's like, what if Hector has the same issue as us? Like what if there's no more men around for him either? Which I totally would have loved that if that was the thing. It was just the three of them. And they're all like, oh god. They again they say another um dated thing at this point she's like come on it's la he's either a gentleman or a you know an f a word so dated, but at the, I really don't think the character. I feel like I don't think she's saying it in a um, point of content. It was just that at the time, a slang. Not that it listen,
2: it, it is what it is. Um, we watched the movie, we enjoyed. It the doesn't. Movie. It doesn't. Um, we were not. Listen, there's a fine line between racism and character development, and this is the way these people spoke. Yeah, is it socially acceptable to do that, especially nowadays? No. Would you, you know, be like, "Yeah, that's a great line." No, but it is what it is and um, it
1: does make a point it is LA and she's right <laughs> what are the chances I mean I'm sure there's a good chance that
2: well I just think it's funny that she is thinking that he could possibly be gay because he didn't have sex with Regina after meeting her for like five minutes during yeah. the end of the world like that's the first thing on my mind is to have sex when there's zombies that could possibly be killing us and eating us and bludgeoning us around the corner and everyone's dead but that would be not the first thing on my mind Is you know that would be the last thing on my mind,
1: you making it last night. Food, you know foods.
2: oh, wait a minute. You yeah. forgot the best the other line from when Hector goes to goes to see his tries to find his family in San Diego. He says to Regina, She says, Don't go. And he goes, well, What are you gonna give me if I come back? implying that right, she, she gonna give him some of loving if he comes back
1: again. They had just met, but, who, but listen, who that's we- the
2: horny teenager formula for every horror movie, too. Think about of it. Of course, camp. We go to Crystal Lake, everyone's having sex, we they have to be having sex this this is like teenagers that's all they want to do and that's all they're doing apparently you
1: know it just hit me regina and samantha are teenagers but hector isn't so he's probably at least a few years older i mean i guess in this new world he's in
2: his 20s all right he's cool he's i mean
1: he was uh, he is clearly younger but anyway okay this is when they're attacked by the creepy people in the mall and they unfortunately don't get away because they find where samantha put her gun they get tied up, they're almost murdered, but then they're quote unquote rescued by the scientists. So like we said before, basically they're rescuing them only to harvest them. But during this whole movie, Samantha has a rash that she kind of speaks about. On our end we're probably supposed to think, oh god you know, she's feeling the effects of the comet. But evidently she mentions that she does have a
2: nervous... She gets she gets hives and stuff because she, Doris the night before, punched her in the face. She got into a big fight with her. And slept in the shed. And slept in the shed. So she- she says she's she got rashy because she's nervous she has a nervous issue so i can understand that
1: but the scientists think that she is exposed to the comet and she's having the issues spoiler alert it's just the hives she's she's okay
2: well see the difference is that audrey doesn't think necessarily think she's exposed to the comet so she to save her because audrey actually has a heart and doesn't want to her to be harvested she gives her something to just not go she basically tells the other scientists oh yeah we don't need to test her she was exposed. She's going to die soon. I'm just going to give her a little something to make her go to sleep and she won't wake up. She'll be dead. She no Romeo name. and Julieted her. Yeah, knowing exactly. She knows, she, I guess she has an instinctive feeling that she's not sick and she's like, I'm going to at least save this one life or I die from the comet. So she gives her something to make her go to sleep. She ends up shooting the other scientist who's like a buffoon. He's like, Hoo-hoo-hoo. and she's like, she shoots him. I don't know why because they, they're left behind, right? they
1: left behind because at this wait, for point, Hector? They're, yeah, Samantha thinks that she She's waiting for Hector and quote unquote getting an opportunity to flirt with him a little more without her sister. Regina is being taken ahead of time to the lab to be saved. So in the meantime, they go back to the radio station because that is where Hector is supposed to be waiting for them. So the scientist, Audrey White, takes the sleeping passed out Samantha and they go back to the radio station and she writes down notes because she's losing her memory at this point. She's losing the the comet is really doing a number on her. Her days are numbered. She's going to turn into one of those dried out zombie people. She writes down the information for when Hector does arrive dressed as Santa Claus. He has gifts for the girls. I thought that was really sweet. The only thing that bothered me is he didn't care about Samantha. He said, Regina? Regina?
2: I got a candy cane for you.
1: Sit on Santa's lap, but no. Then after she didn't answer, Samantha? (laughs) So anyway, he discovers Audrey White. She's pulled the gun on him, but then she's just like, do you want one of these? You need one of these? He says, no, I have my own. She throws the gun down and
2: she's she makes some sort of a funny reference i can't remember it's like seems like it's the best gift for the holidays or christmas this year or something like that yes,
1: yes. And she does make a reference because Sam does say that but when she's being passed out before earlier, that he's okay looking or something. No, she said cute. he's
2: cute. He's cute, right? And but then at she... the end
1: of the world. So she alludes to basically like, what else do they have. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Something like that. She's in and out of this day's Audrey, the scientist. Because and she like, gave
2: herself something too. So she could. Oh, yes. She gave
1: herself. Yeah. She's killing herself basically because she doesn't want to become a zombie person, she doesn't like what they're doing but she's giving an opportunity for Samantha to be saved and hopefully Hector with the um, location of the secret bunker can save the sister. So, She does say that he's cute as she's passing out and doing her gibberish about, oh, I wish we didn't do this. She says
2: she misspelled things and she's like basically dying quickly from the comet exposure at this point. And she says that she misspelled everything, but it's all there in a notebook or something like that.
1: It's all there. So, yes. So she wrote it down for him. She had the time because Hector was gone, evidently, a long ass time.
2: Well, San Diego with the traffic. Oh, no, there isn't any. (laughs) ha.
1: That's right, there is no traffic. As a matter of fact, they keep showing the one same car park playing Christmas songs throughout the movie. So we go back to the underground bunker, and the scientists are losing even more of their memories. They're desperate at this point, and they are interviewing Regina and asking if she's had mono, if she's had this if she's had that you know if she's taking medications lately and she just thinks it's part of this whole like i guess process of coming into the thing but a matter of fact she's not even answering the questions she's pulling a full regina saying whatever she wants to like she does with her boss in the beginning
2: yeah the guy asked if she does it's uh what's his name the the dr carter asked if she's pregnant and and she's like "I i thought i was once and he goes like he's like just like taken back, like, why are you answering? And she goes, and he goes, what, what, how is that relevant? She goes, well, it was, the, it was the longest three weeks of my life.
1: Yes. And then she says something about like, oh, uh, uh, it's because of the cancer. And he's like, you have cancer. She's like, no, I'm a cancer. I'm stubborn or something like that. Yeah. Something like
2: that. And so he oh, he's, not, the, he's uh,
1: not answering these questions too but easily.
2: She wises up and she realizes something's wrong. Right. And she goes, where's my sister? And he goes, she's dead. Basically, he's like, doesn't yeah, like that like was. She's gone. Oh my god, she's dead. She, and uh, so then he and he leaves. says
1: it's because she was exposed to the comet yeah. and it would have been you know unavoidable anyway.
2: Yeah, so then she he leaves, and then the other scientist, the psychologist, comes in. He's like, you know, he sees that there's a, this very large, heavy computer that's thrown over on the ground and he's like there's no reason for you to break expensive equipment because this is really childish behavior and she bashes him in the head with a keyboard which i can attest back in the day the keyboards were very thick and heavy and it was a metal keyboard so she clocks him with a keyboard and tries everything
1: is a weapon everything's it. a weapon
2: um and she tries to escape so. in
1: the meantime we are seeing those two female scientists that we were talking about earlier tweedle d and tweedle dumb they're mm-hmm. working on
2: the children
1: and they're like oh Oh, we love working with children. I
2: know. It's, it's disgusting. They have no trouble killing people and harvesting their blood, no. especially kids. Like, they're like, oh. We'll oh the younger,
1: this- the better. Oh, we're going to get, like, yeah. youth formula here. No, I- um, So they don't end up getting to do anything with the kids because Hector arrives with Samantha in his trunk. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he like this. he's there's a guy at the military, the post at his post, and he's like, "You like girls?" There's a girl in the trunk. He's like, "She's dead," and then she like goes, "Ah!" He like smashes the <laughs> lid on the on the top car, and then yeah. they get in, they break into the military installation.
1: He was wearing a cowboy hat, listening what? to a country song. Yeah, he's like,
2: "Heck, my name's Heck." something heck something i don't know Try to pretend he's like this hick from the sticks i guess i don't know that's what he was trying to pull off some sort of like i don't know hillbilly thing i don't know yet yet another racist or prejudicial sort of a, a stereotype, like stereotype used um, uh, but anyway, so they break in. So
1: they break in and then this is when the end of the movie just kind of becomes like a blur to me because there's not really a big action sequence. They kind of just, they knock out the scientists. They, uh, so, tell them how they do it. The, they save the kids, which is cute. With,
2: well, so, so Regina is wandering around the installation trying to escape. She ends up in a room where they're harvesting the people and she can see that their hands are moving and the blood is being pulled out of them, drained out of these bodies. They do catch her. The one scientist she hit in the head ends up slapping her across the face. Another little slap to the face, another slap. It turns out that Samantha comes in We get another heavy artillery gun. She's got a whole like camo outfit on, like an army green outfit, I think, right? Jumpsuit on.
1: Yeah, Regina comments on it. She's like, nice outfit.
2: And then they catch the Minder and Davenport trying to tell the kids to use the laughing gas. They're going to go to Santa Claus, be with Santa Claus forever if they take it. And she's like lying to children. Santa Claus really and
1: uh he's very offended by that. I don't really remember. pissed
2: off that you know how dare you use speak the name of Santa Claus in your you know evil plot. So basically they take the kids, they take Davenport and Minder and tie them up and give them the laughing gas and leave a sign which is they had time to write off to see Santa or something like Yeah that was,
1: I love I like love that they say a I big f you to, to
2: the to okay. the scientists who refine them. Um
1: and then at that point, basically, I feel like they just run. They just get to the car. It cuts to the car. At that point, they're get they're going away.
2: And the little girl who is named yes! Sarah, she's like, "My parents never told me to go with strangers. She's like, "We're not strangers. This is A- I'm Auntie Regina. This is A- Auntie Samantha, and that's Uncle Hector."
1: <laughs> and I love this. At one point, I don't know what the little girl says, but she's like, "Don't be so stupid." <laughs>
2: And she has the bunny. Like the best part like, they're in the car trying to get a, like, they're starting to drive away, and she's like, I want my bunny back. Cause Regina's holding on to this bunny. Yeah. And, and Smed's like, give her the bunny. And then she finally, she
1: just throws the bunny back to her. Oh, that's what it was. They kept their hands up because they thought, because they had guns, that they yeah. were in trouble. And yeah. she's like, put your hands down. Don't be so stupid. <laughs> so I, I did love that part because it was funny. Um, and Hector doesn't drive away right away because, unknowing to Regina, she's freaking out. She's like, drive, 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 because the, the scientist now is becoming zombified and he wants to go after them. Yes. But he Hector had put gasoline and basically exploded the car that the scientist is in. But I don't know if that's we're supposed to assume that that exploded the whole base. Uh, no, I or- think it's
2: just because those were the group of scientists. I think that... They didn't play up the fact that the rest of the staff that's there is either dying or died or incapacitated at that point, because they should have had an army of people running after them at that point.
1: Yeah, because they showed at that one point that bunker was extensive, I believe, like a whole
2: city. Either there wasn't a lot of people to begin with there, maybe they were off celebrating Christmas, it was Christmas time, maybe they actually were away, or a lot of the people were, at that point were incapacitated because there is a reference in the movie at some point that the Dr. Carter says to the other doctor, we're not all going to fall down at one time. We're not right. dominoes or something like right. that. So right. we'll give the people who need it the most first the treatment Wait, from the serum. I
1: thought that made sense. Like another smart point of this movie. It's another COVID like, reference. Living in the time of COVID. Yeah, so exactly. we, do, we cut the end of this movie is cute we cut to i don't know if it's a few weeks later the day after with this movie everyone gets very friendly right away so they're doing a little photo shoot with a polaroid camera they're all in there, macy's best mm-hmm. and they kind of are we t- i don't know is, is hector and regina taking I- these children as their own or are they going to do the uncle aunt
2: thing I don't know, but, like, Regina's, like, smile, She adjusts his little bow tie. She's like, just one more picture. She has a Polaroid, because who's going to develop their film? Right. Um, That's smart.
0: And then That's you smart. see
2: Hector throwing away all the guns into a trash can, and Sarah's Wait. like, can I
1: have one of those?
2: And she's like, then Regina goes, I don't know where she gets that from. I do love that. It.
1: I do love that. But I would never have gotten rid of I'm sorry. You never know what, out of nowhere, the aliens are going to show up next.
2: Or other survivors wanting your stuff. Other survivors. But- at the same point, your 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 it alludes basically that the the population is decimated. Yeah, like, there's yeah. not anybody. There's really not that many people left. Although I would be looking for survivors because it would get lonely and scary. And wow! Scary. Magically,
1: what happens at the end for Saman- uh, Samantha? Yeah, what happens at the end for Samantha?
2: So they're taking pictures, and Samantha's on the other side of the street. Looks like she's dressed like she's going to Hawaii, maybe with the actually
1: got like her maybe she's
2: got like a like a wrap a a sarong sarong. or something or or a wrap and she's like you know everything is still working by the way the lights are still working everything is nobody's monitoring and um they see them at the The at a crosswalk yeah yeah
1: the street lights are working still
2: and she's like what are you guys doing samantha's like saying to the rest of them she's like what are you doing why aren't you walking across the street and regina's like we do not cross against the light and she's drinking. become the mother. So yes, yeah, so she's become the mother. At she's this become school. the mother, you know, and Samantha's like, what are you talking about? Everyone is gone. There's nobody here. And so she she's ends up, up running into the street and all of a sudden a car zips around and almost hits her. It means we do not cross against the light. That's totally stupid.
1: There's nobody here. See,
2: we're talking Ghost Town. You know, everyone's shocked. The guy back, it's a guy he backs up, and uh, he's like, and
1: he turns out to be D.M.K. right,
2: Danny Mason Keener. So, okay, so basically, he he backs up, and she's like, Samantha pulls up her sunglasses, and she's like, oh, I got some man. There's a man here. Oh God, thank God. She like looks at him. He doesn't have any black rings under his eyes. So wow. he's like, um, you know, man, like very valley. You, you know, you shouldn't cross against the light or whatever. He's like very I don't know, I'm, I'm doing a right. stuffing back. I don't a, know why. He's like it's a very like, like almost sounds like a typical, you know, valley girl. And uh he's like, You wanna go for a ride? She's like, Yeah. So she jumps in and Regina's like, We don't know anything about this person. And then she goes, Which What's is your name? True. Danny it's Mason Keener. she goes it's danny mason Keener." she's like we'll be back by midnight midnight and she's like and he's like oh what like in other words the guy's like why and she's like the burden of society is laying on our shoulders or something to that effect you
1: know that she's heard this before then from regina is probably telling her this you know we have to repopulate society or something
2: yeah like you that. can't you can't cross against the light which is cute but whatever um
1: and that's really, it's a happy ending where to assume that she magically got her perfect man.
2: And he's like, he, he's got like, you know, he's perfect match for her. He's got that, that 80s match, hair, yeah. 80s five flavor. She's going to get some some D or something because <laughs> she ain't getting it from Hector. Hector.
1: Hector. Yeah, Hector. So that is Night of the Comet. We do have some fun facts for you guys as well. Let me just start by saying, I think the best one that I personally found was Josh Whedon was inspired by Samantha to create Buffy the Vampire Slayer's character based on this movie. So if anyone says anything about Night of the Comet, we got Buffy Summers from this movie.
2: This was the inspiration. Love it. Love it. Um, So Sarah, the little girl Sarah, that was one of the survivors, is actually the voice of Guy in Captain Planet and the Planeteers. So that's funny, like a weird, but you know, for us, you know, people that love the 80s and the 90s and what have you. Besides Linka, I think Guy was my favorite Planeteer, honestly. So Sarah is Janice Hiromi, is an American voice actress known for her roles. She was the voice of Guy in Captain Planet. The other thing, actually, I wanted to say, Something funny from the scene in the mall that we didn't talk about—the fact that Regina pretends she's a mannequin and then starts shooting at the the perps that are that yeah, are that, that are trying strange. to grab her and her sister before they get captured—I think that's hysterical. But anyway, that was a good one. Oh, also on Buffy, it's
1: another reference there is an Angel episode called Peace Out where Lorne the host only in a post-apocalyptic Night of the comic kind of way so that was another nod to the movie and I'm assuming because they got Angel through Buffy which
2: well Josh we, yes. and it's nice to see like all these different things when we're looking up information because we love the movies we know the movies yeah we, do we get everything perfectly right every quote no but we definitely know from just our own personal experiences with it that you know we know the storyline but it's also fun to look up these extra facts and see yes it is for me i don't know i, I
1: enjoy the same thing that's probably why we're brothers we both enjoy looking for facts and information and that is speaking along the lines heather langenkamp auditioned for the role of samantha and was the number one choice on the casting list but the part ultimately went to kelly marani so this would have been around the time of a Nightmare on Elm Street.
2: So she wouldn't have been.
1: She wouldn't have been Nancy then. So thank God it worked out like it did. Nightmare on Elm Street might not have had. You know, I feel like Heather was a big part of Nightmare on Elm Street's success. Oh my God!
2: Life. And I don't think she would have used the lotion. No, no, we never went. <laughs>
1: Not my Heather Lagenkamp, no.
2: She don't think she would have used the lotion, so.
1: She would never put the lotion in the basket. (laughs) The original working title was Teenage Comet Zombies. Do you think it would have done better under that title?
2: No, because none of the teenagers were zombies.
1: No, that's true. Other thing is, this movie has been in remake hell for years. The latest incarnation has been updated in 2018. We got that Orin Pictures hired Roxanne benjamin to write a sci-fi horror remake of the 1984 cult classic as of april 2019 this is the last information we got benjamin confirmed that she had submitted her script for the remake and then she does say in an interview that fans of the original will be very pleased with it which they always say when they're remaking something (laughs) There you go. She says she's not directing it, but she would love to direct it. And she's sure that they'll do two or more drafts before it goes into filming. Do you actually think this is going to get off the ground? This has been almost, uh, I think this is the fifth incarnation of Who this Who owns the rights? Evidently...
2: Or whatever. I think I mean. Oren was
1: a big... Cor- again, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Orin was like a
2: 80s, you know... Oh, is it Orion? Or is it Oren? Well, that would change everything. Because Orion would be O-R-I-O-N, Orion. Oh my God. No, it's not Oren. It's not the not the demon from from the eyes yeah. have it. Well, there you go.
1: You learned a few <laughs> things, people. I can't...
2: We're from I, the. York. I- York originally we have speech impediment problems. We say pizza and what's we it also, else?
1: we also can't say the name of Faruka Vault? <laughs> Ruruka Salt or Orin Pictures this all these Orion. times Orion it's Orion so Orion this is coming from Orion
2: I really think that if they're going to do it this is the time to do it Strike While the Iron is Hot Zombies are still popular Walking Dead is actually doing another spin-off, I believe Carol and Daryl look at the flowers okay so I'm, quickly I'm quickly who would you cast as Samantha who would you cast as Regina and who would you cast as Hector quickly you can come off the top of your head
1: this is okay so people you're gonna think that my only reference to the 80s is the Goldbergs or something like that. I was born in 1985. Lead actress who plays Erica Goldberg. I thought of this while watching the movie. Haley Oronto. Not only does she look, I know we're not going by look, but she looks like Regina and she she plays that same kind of character with Erica Goldberg on the Goldberg. She would be perfect. She's right around the same age. Samantha. Oh, who would you? I'm trying to... Th- I can't honestly. Couldn't think of anybody Everybody. Zendaya! Just
2: give it to Zendaya! Everybody!
1: I do hope that they keep the Hector character as a Hector because why not? We need a Hector. Everyone needs a
2: Hector. I I definitely love a good who,
1: Hector. Who Hector? I mean, who's like a young star around that?
2: I don't know who I would cast because I just kind of threw that off the cuff and I probably should have an answer before I just throw things out no, at you. No, but... you know
1: what? I, it's so funny. I had this as one of my notes. I was going to ask you the same thing and then I said, oh, it is hard to write. Like, but totally, if anyone, one's out there erica goldberg would and it's in the 80s still i mean i don't know if she wants to be typecast as i'm only i only do 80s things that but i'm assuming this is going to be a modern retake um oh
2: my god Sophia Vergara as the stepmother and she's punches her and slaps her. I love Sophia Pagar I don't is know she why. Be, she's on she fire for me like lately. Him? Is she
1: going to be like, you know?
2: Yeah, why not? I think she's funny as hell. I it think wasn't for your father. She, and she does physical comedy. I think she's great. And I love a woman that can pair Walmart jeans with a pair of Louis Vuittons and, and get away with I it. And she's, she's amazing. So yes, I would love her as a character.
1: That's actually not bad. Okay. And if we're still, it does say that the remake writer does state that she is not taking away the the comedy element of the movie she said that she did see that people were saying was this going to be a straight up horror movie she says not so she's keeping the comedy in it but it's funny that they said during the making of this movie the writer director had to fight with the studio continuously because they did not want it to be comedy they wanted it to be a horror movie
2: they should have so- put a few more zombies in it would have made it more horror. but i think the comedy is funny it's kitschy and funny um i love the guy from shadow hunters is that's what it's called in the movie as a character. I don't know why. He's cute. We he's, you know. our I um if we don't come up with anything people if anyone's listening to this
1: and c- can come up with a cast for us we'll totally mention it on the show or Matthew
2: didario
1: oh I see him okay
2: he's adorable oh,
1: okay yeah
2: Matthew and I think he's actually from New York so he probably hasn't probably pretends that he actually doesn't have an ex.
1: okay this is actually yeah that's probably perfect he looks like a Hector
2: or what about you know for Samantha what about the actress from the Sabrina the new Sabrina show scares me because it is like way too demonic for me like beyond like it, it, like it, worship Satan
1: uh, yeah it's not your it's not um, Sabrina
2: with with Salem the, the, the animated cat it's like full-on worship the devil I really hope that they do remake the movie because I think it's the perfect time for it I think this above all movies that they have remade could definitely really sell well if they did it right even maybe even make night of the comet too if it doesn't end where like the the rain comes down and all the dust disappears and like yes. an ongoing thing because I I just really liked it. I actually, I didn't realize how much I actually really enjoyed it until I watched it again yeah, and how it's funny with some of the things, really funny, and that it's really a novel idea because we still don't know exactly what killed off the dinosaurs. I mean, we're killing ourselves off faster than I can probably say the comet would but we don't know what killed the dinosaurs off and the fact that comets like Haley's Comet does visit the earth so to speak quote unquote but um well, love one movie. of
1: the original ideas was it was going to be a sequel this was back when I was still in high school so we're talking about 2000, 2004 so they were talking about it and Kelly was one of the people that was going to star in it she was going to play Samantha again but at this point it's full on reboot unfortunately but that was this week's radical retro rewind podcast thank you so much again For David for joining me as the co-host seat, and he will be back, and we have a lot to discuss. David can be found at Universal Appeal Twenty Twenty on Instagram, as well as Universal Appeal on Snapchat, both one word. The show can be found at Radical Retro Podcast on Instagram and Ryan Hunter Studios, again all one word. Also exciting is Radical Retro Rewind can now be found on YouTube as well as Anchor FM, Google Podcasts with new. Two episodes every Friday. Yay! That was the Radical Retro Rewind for this week. David, thank you so much. Thank you. Give us a listen. Give us a stream. Give us a like. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell everyone tell your to family. listen. And we'll give you $15. Hey, what about my 15 bucks?